Um, but we, I want to move on to part two because we've got our very own guest speaker um, with us. And um, I've known Carl and Philippa since I was a boy. Um, since I was a whippersnapper of what, 15 or something? Maybe less. <laughs> yeah. Spotty kid. Yeah. So they can probably tell you some stuff. Oh, we can. <laughs> um, some of the time, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> it's, been, it's been an amazing sort of journey. We've both have been sort of drawn down to the southwest. Carl was, was pastor of Watch It Baptist Church um, for a number of years. I don't know how many years. And just recently, Carl's moved over to work with the Sweeper team, Southwest Baptist Association team, heading up mission across the southwest. So it was very straightforward for me when I was trying to find out who could come and help us to launch out into our communities. It was very easy for me to. to Straight away called Carl and said, would you mind coming over? And because he lives just down in Ivory Bridge, it's not too far from him to come. So we're delighted that you're here with us. Can we just give another special round of applause? Thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it is. It's a real privilege to be here. Um, it's, I'm quite new to this job. I've only been in the job since last June. So it's a privilege to get around and meet different people in different churches at the moment. Everything's new and it's brilliant. I'm loving it. Absolutely loving it. Um, so I work for, for Sweeper for the Southwest Baptist Association. There's some leaflets on your table if you want to know who we are and what we do. Um, truth be told, I don't really care much for badges, um, but I do care passionately about the Kingdom of God. Um, and actually, what, what, what this job is all about is recognising where God's at work in a family of churches. You're part of over 90-odd churches that goes down to... Penzance all the way up to Bridgewater, all the way round to Lyme Regis and Yeovil and Chard. And, and, and so different, so different. What a mixed bunch they are. But that's family, isn't it? That's fantastic. Um, I've been telling your story to some of those churches. I know you're just getting started on this, but the vision behind this, missional communities and the desire to want to reach into the neighbourhoods in which you live with the gospel message is inspiring stuff. Um, and, and that is really the core of what I do. My job is to try and help encourage and inspire uh, and resource uh, as much as is possible this family of churches and to serve you as you're serving the people in your communities. So when spotty little Adrian asked me to come, um, I, I, I said, yeah, brilliant, that's fantastic. Um, thank you, Fraser, thank you so much. Um, uh, and and it, is, it is great to be able to share this with you. Um, in part, this is, this is kind of reflections on how it's going for me practically in a local church um, and in reaching the communities that we were a part of in West Somerset. Take a slip. Um, so really, what I want to say is that some of this seems quite mundane um, and some of it possibly slightly more exciting and a little bit more creative. Um, I think where I want to start is to say that um, uh, it's easy to get all excited about, you know, the exciting stuff and keep, keep telling the stories. They're wonderful stories to hear. Um, it's also really good to recognise, actually, that, that there's some things which are just simple that can help us in our mission to reach people in our neighbourhoods, in the communities in which we live. Uh, as, you, as you read the scriptures, you see this. You know, you kind of, we were chatting before. Look at, at Paul on his missionary journeys. He, he rocks up in Athens, um, and he doesn't just launch straight in. He spends a little bit of time figuring out what's going on in that community. He has a wander around, if you read it. He has a look. He figures out what the signs and the symbols are of that particular group of people. And then he figures out how to, to, to translate this gospel message 
that is unchanging and is powerful and is transformative into something that they'll recognise using the things that are, are recognisable to them and the, the symbols, the, the language. So that, in part, is, I think, a good place to start when it comes to the practical things when it, of reaching into our communities. And maybe a really good place to start is to root it with you that are in each of the missional communities yourselves. So there's a, a map of the town. I know it goes, you, you, you spread a lot further. I didn't realise just how far you, you guys are spreading. That's awesome. That's, that's fantastic in, in and of itself. Uh, but yeah, to, to start off by figuring out, okay, where do we live? Get a map. Actually, let's do it. It's a practical exercise. Get a map of, of the community that you're serving and then, and then put little dots on, on where you live um, and, and maybe on, on where you work or the places that you spend time. So you can actually begin to see, right, this is kind of our sphere of, of influence, so to speak. Uh, this, is, this is the community that, that we're in. Some of you may have already done that. Um, and then to mark the significant places that are part of your community, be it schools or nursing homes, um, sheltered housing, uh, areas, housing agency areas, uh, children's centres, community centres, the places where the people in your neighbourhood tend to gather anyway. And if you can't find them, well that in itself is quite significant about the place that you live, your particular community. Um, and then beyond that, well I kind of think the, the Apostle Paul didn't have the internet um, and I would have loved to know what he would have done with it if he did but we do have the internet and as much as all the trash that we find on it there's some good things as well so in terms of researching it might not seem particularly appealing or wonderful but let's not separate kind of the secular and the spiritual we start off from a place of thinking God is at work in this community Surely the spirit is at work in people's lives in this community. So we expect, through everything that we do, that the spirit of God might begin to reveal to us how it is that he's at work. And then we hear his invitation to join him in that. So it might look like data, but even in these things, I think, well, let's listen to what the spirit of God might be saying in these things. So the hard data things is things like figuring out who lives in your community. There's a temptation, because you might have lived in that place for some time, to think you've got it nailed. Um, uh, we, we did this exercise uh, in Watch It with folks that had lived there for 40 years. Um, well, what happens is, is you think you've got it nailed, but probably you've got it nailed for some time historically, <laughs> rather than actually the present. Um, and so, so actually, just simply figuring out the demographics of your community and the census status, uh, the census information, the data will tell you all kinds of things, uh, both in terms of age groups, uh, gender, ethnicity. It'll also give you information about kind of people's religious affiliations or lack thereof. Uh, now obviously, read into this what you choose to read into it, but it's a good starting place to figure out. And if you look this data up, you can get it into kind of down to wards almost, political wards. You can, you can really kind of drill down onto the area in which you live to see who it is that you live there. Um, I like the Church Urban Fund, um, and this website is a great one because it kind of like cuts a few corners off. You can go on all kinds of statistical websites if you're a nerd, like I am, um, and, and look up all kinds of stuff. But if you go to this website and put in your postcode, it will give you your community, your parish almost, your little ward, and it will tell you then what the, the social deprivation indices are for it, you know, the employment levels, 
the unemployment levels, the, the, the uh, health um, of that particular area, uh, the challenges that it's got. Um, and so you, you'll find out um, a lot about your area and the people who live in it just by looking at a website such as that. You'll find tons of information if you go to local authorities and your council. I know that, that some of you work for some of these authorities. So actually, the information that you've got, obviously some of it is protected, so you can't reveal that publicly, but some of it's not, and it's actually quite helpful for those that are part of these agencies to be able just to say, right, well, clearly my, my knowledge of this area would suggest that we've got quite an antisocial behaviour problem in that particular area. Or, or in this area, we've got a bunch of people that are quite isolated in a local community. Um, or, or in this particular area, we've got um, some young families that, that are, are known real hardship. I mean, those of you that are working in the community, then... God's placed you there <laughs> um, with, with some intent. Uh, so, so let's see God as we're about our daily business. Things like the DWP, I mean, that just came about. I know you guys are involved with the CAP and things like that and food boxes and all like. Um, so I just went and chatted to the guys from the Job Centre, Job Centre Plus, and said, well, we're really happy to keep giving out food boxes the whole time. Um, but we've in conversation, you'll know this as well, in conversation we've realised that we're giving out food boxes to people because they're getting sanctions from their benefits. Um, and we've also figured out that, that some of these folks are getting sanctions from the benefits because they haven't got access to the internet or computer literacy or any literacy, some of them, to apply for the number of jobs that you're wanting them to. And so you're handing them a sanction and then they've got no money till they reapply and they don't even know how to do that properly. So we're giving them food boxes. Can we do something about that? Well, long story short, we ended up with, I don't know if you do a job club here, but it was something like that, a community employment hub, working really closely with DWP and other churches and with the children's centres and with education schools and what have you, um, working together in the community. That, that was a, something that kind of just came out of an observation. Why, we, you know, God bless you, we'll give you food boxes as many as you, as many as you want, but why are you back again? type of thing and, and, and just by asking those kind of questions led to a particular kind of ministry and work that helped us build relationships with people in the local communities. Um, I don't know if any of you work for any of the children's centres um, or there's folks in your church that do. Um, in working with the children's centre in West Somerset, a, a couple of them, um, and ending up on various kind of boards and all the rest of it, what they do really, really well is that they absolutely narrow it down to almost um, streets. These local super output areas, which some of you will be familiar with that kind of language, uh, is, is, is little neighbourhoods. So we're not talking parishes or districts, we're talking little neighbourhoods. And within those neighbourhoods, they've done some research to figure out, okay, what issues are there? Um, and yes, it might be targeted at, at families because that's their particular age group, but it's really interesting information. And you can go and look this up, I did before, for your area. So it's on the Devon um, government website. Um, you can look up what the um, deprivation indices are from your um, LSOAs in this area. I did it in about five minutes earlier today. It might not sound particularly interesting. Some of you will be more up for doing data search than others. But I tell you what, it grounds you in actually the reality of what is in your community in the here and now, rather than what you think is in your community here and now. So that's, that's kind of a place to start. Um, we, didn't, we don't read that in the book of Acts, um, uh, but 
But I do wonder, I do wonder what Paul would use. Of more interest to most of us is the actual sense of getting, talking to people. And again, we start from the same place, don't we? We kind of start from God is at work in people's lives, in this community, the Spirit of God is at work. So as we're talking to people, then we're, we're sensing, you know, okay, God, what are you saying in this conversation? Um, I'm, I'm hearing your voice as well as this person's voice. What, what's going on here? The constant questioning as we're doing this. You can do it in any, any number of ways. What I, 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 what I love about these stories is you're telling me that basically my job's redundant tonight because you're already doing most of this stuff. It's absolutely awesome. Um, questionnaires. Um, you can do a whole load of questionnaires with a large group of people quite quickly and it's brilliant. Um, some more confident to actually do a questionnaire than others. Um, but just to find out a little bit about them and the place that they live and what um, their kind of their challenges are, what their joys are, what they love about living in this place. And uh, those are that's just to get an idea and a framework for where the people that are in your community who you're trying to reach, what is going on in their heads, what's going on in their hearts, what, what actually is happening in their lives. And some targeted interviews, we, we had some really good ones of these with kind of key players in the community. So you end up talking to your headmaster, your headmistress, your uh, local councillor, your MP, um, uh, some representatives from your local police force, PCSOs are great, um, those guys that are on the ground. If you can just sit down and grab your PCSO, if they'll give you half an hour, and just have a chat about what they're seeing on a daily basis on the ground. My word, my eyes were opened. They were really open to what the profound needs were in this community, which at least if you were to go to watch it, you'd think this looks like some picture postcard type of place. Yeah, that's what they want you to see. <laughs> but behind that, there's all kinds of issues. Um, and then maybe you want to get some focus groups or something together as well, a little group of young families, we did that, um, and also a group of older folks. Um, and off the back of that, we discovered all kinds of things that then, in terms of small groups, we could kind of face. The older folks feeling a sense of isolation. The idea of even getting together in a group was a little bit weird for these guys, because they never did. Well, it revealed the fact that there was a need there for something to engage with these people, um, to create a sense of community, based in Christian community, that was, would be a ministry to them. What it looks like now, well, it's um, a three times, this is in Watch It, three times a week, get together an afternoon tea with like proper teacups um, and those kind of squirt, triangular sandwiches with the crusts cut off and, and, um, and it's all very posh and homemade cake um, and, and they come and they love it and, and actually we then figured out, well, it's great doing this but someone can't get there. So, so allied to that is, is this little ministry where there's people that are going and doing community transport um, and, and off the back of that, they're not just bringing them to our thing but they're now taking them to various other different places as well which means that they're getting to know these people much, much better. And then allied to that is another group which we're working with, uh, they were working with, I say we still, I've been there quite recently, um, in the local community, the Dementia Care Group. Forget Me Not Cafe. Um, that's just a special place I tell you and it's a special place for the wonderful people that are suffering with dementia to come but for the people that are caring for them my word I mean there's just this sense of support and this is something that, 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 the, that the people of the church are doing in Jesus name God save us from just being nice people doing nice things to others in the community loads of people do that 
we're, we're great to be nice, but we're doing this because it reflects the nature of the Father's heart, the grace and the love that we've experienced. That's why we're doing this, unashamedly. That's, that's why we're, we're doing what we're doing. Um, find out what other local organisations are doing. If you've got um, voluntary organisations already at work on your patch, can you work alongside them? Um, certainly don't want to duplicate stuff, do you? Um, so uh, the, the idea is, right, figure, figure it out. And, and then you, you, by, by this stage, you're hopefully getting a good idea of the people that live in your area, what their hopes and dreams are, what their fears are and their challenges. You're beginning to just sense the spirit maybe nudge you towards a certain group or uh, um, a certain kind of thing that you can do to, to kind of reach and serve those people in that community. So what do these organisations do and who are they serving? I'm whizzing through this because um, I reckon most of you have already done this or are doing it. Um, this is important, and someone mentioned this before, I think, about uh, celebration that's going on. You have loads of them in Totnes. Yeah? And I know that as a church, for years and years, you have had act, you know, been active in terms of being involved in these things. Praise God for it. But are there things in your particular uh, neighbourhood, uh, in, in the area where you are serving as missional communities, that you know, there are places, there are times of celebration? And what can you do to be at the heart of that? Or if there aren't any, what can you do to organise a few? Yeah? And let, let's show the generous heart of Father to this community. Um, and, and for that matter, not just the celebrations, but sometimes also kind of work, when does this community mourn? Um, what, what type of occasions are there when actually the community comes together with a sense of lament and mourning? Because surely, surely in our faith we know something about that, don't we? We've got something to share in that. Um, and, and if it doesn't, well, well maybe you can organise some things. I mean, sometimes this is obvious. So you'll notice that, that there's a war memorial down the road and you'll get towards Remembrance Sunday and they, there's your thing, if you see what I mean. Um, but there'll be all kinds of different things and, 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 and others that maybe don't exist yet that you just might feel God prompts you to. Um, how can you participate and enable in those? Um, I think probably you're doing this kind of intuitively already by the sounds of it, but it's a, it's a good idea to figure out well, what, what are the ways that you can bless? Each of your neighbourhoods will have its unique personality, it'll have its own needs, and by the sounds of it you've already found, found that out and you've shared some of those tonight. Um, but equally, each of your small missional communities will have its own um, gift mix, it'll have its own strengths, it'll have its own skills. Um, so, so what are they? Um, I believe that God's placed you in your place for a purpose, uh, with intent. Um, you know, before the beginning of time, he knew that you'd be living there. Um, uh, he knew that you'd be gathered in this particular place, and, and it, it's no mistake. <laughs> so really, what we're thinking is, okay, Father, what is it that we've um, been placed here for? What are our gifts? What are our skills? And how can we use those to serve people in our local community? Equally, maybe what are the things we're not so good at? Um, what are our weaknesses? Uh, I've, seen, I've seen a couple of times where you know, you, you'll have had a, a small missional community that's decided to serve the broader community in a way that they've got absolutely no skill or no particular gift in whatsoever at all. So God bless them. They've seen the need, right? 
But that's not the way that God wants them to particularly serve in that place. Um, uh, we, we need to you know, have a go and, and, um, and give permission you know, to, to fail. And that's not because our identity is not in the success. Our identity is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. Um, so that's good and that's right that, that we should give it a go. At the same time, Ace has been talking about self-awareness. Well, let's, let's have some of that. Let's just figure out, okay, God, what have you given us that we can really use to bless this neighbourhood that we're in? Um, uh, and then, then we get to the more fun stuff. Um, at least I think it's more fun. And I would hope you've already been praying since the very beginning. But proper pray with real intent. Um, and some of you are already doing this. And the idea of spiritual mapping, and it's something that comes out in Chris's book, those of you that are doing, doing that, um, to a certain degree. Um, you get prayer walking. Uh, and what, what does that look like? Well, you find your time and you just head out onto the streets of your community. Um, you may choose to have a few questions that you're uh, wanting to answer. But you, you start off, as has been said, God, give me a heart for this place. This is your kingdom. You've called me to serve in this place. So now by your spirit, open my eyes and open my ears to what it is that you'd have me do here. What is it that you are saying to us about this community? We know what it's like. We know the makeup. But significantly, Father, we know that you've got something for us to do in this place, in this season at this time. So what might that be? And as you're wandering around, as has been said, you know, there'll be places you'll think, gosh, this is dark. This is spiritually dark. Let's pray into that. Let's figure out a little bit more how maybe we're going to um, uh, work spiritually in this area. God's calling us to be those that are, you know, spiritual people in this area. You know, we're not social workers wandering around the streets. Um, whether, we're, apart from God bless, my wife is a social worker. So, uh, um, um, but but we, we are God's people that are praying spiritually into, into situations and circumstances that we come across. Um, and surely we will. <laughs> certainly didn't watch it. Bizarre time. You know, places I was and, and actually when you're there with an openness to the Spirit of God and you stop in your tracks, something's not quite right here. Um, let's just lodge that. Let's just kind of note that. Let, let's not leave that or try and brush it under the carpet. We're not looking for demons hiding behind gateposts, people, but we are after sensing where actually things are maybe just not, not quite right. Um, but equally where God is at work. Are there places, you know, is there, is there a place where you just sense, you know, there is something about God's kingdom that I'm sensing when I'm praying towards this particular club or this school or this house or this, the, God, God's already doing something in this place. Um, and I know God's calling me to join him where he's at work. Let's get a sense of direction from the spirit of God as to, as to where we're moving. You are people of peace. Yeah? I mean, you, you know, as you, as you read through the scriptures, Luke 10, a great passage where Jesus sends out the 72, or the 70, um, depending on your translation. But in that, there's this sense of, you know, find the people of peace in these communities. Those who you'll speak and openly speak about, about the love of God, about the grace of God, and you'll, you'll sense that that resonates somehow with that individual. God's working that person's life. Brilliant. So let's pray for them. 
And let's find ways to continue to work with those individuals because it's God that's pointed them out in the first place. And let's not be particularly, well, let's be excited, but let's not be particularly surprised when those folks make a step of faith and become kingdom people and followers themselves. And when they do, well, God will point some more out to you. (laughs) Or possibly, once in a while, they'll be the gatekeepers to whole parts of the community that they'll tell. Let me tell you this I love a story, and, and all of this stuff's great, but I, I prefer a story. Um, a friend of mine, I don't know, you probably never met him, I think he probably had left college before you went. It's Steve Sutton, his parents were do, doing the speaking at the Sweet Conference. Um, Steve's a great bloke, and he, he lives in Corby Newham, just outside Middlesbrough now. And he, he was doing all of this. We spoke a, a lot about this, and we prayed together in college, and we were kind of these you know, brothers that spur each other one other on across the miles type of thing um, so um, off he went out and he was prayer walking with some folks from the church uh, and, he, and he came across this person um, who he kind of made a little bit of contact with, sensed there was something going on there, thought nothing of it the next day he had this phone call in the church office that says um, so anyway I've got a message for you from I think it was St Peter or someone like that Steve's going this is weird um, ministers, aid will tell you, phrase will tell you, you do occasionally get these kind of slightly bizarre phone calls and you kind of have to judge what you do about that. Um, and sometimes the answer is you put the phone down and you pray that they'll never ever call again. Um, and, <laughs> and you're tempted to pull the cable out of the wall just to make sure. Um, Steve had sensed there was something going on in this particular lady. So he said, all right then. So, this lady comes into the office and sits in front. Um, I lead a coven. That's her opening line. Oh, coven. Wow, okay. Steve's now feeling a little bit intimidated. I think wishing there were more people in the office. Because he was on his own. Um, and she proceeded to tell him um, that this message, whatever random message it was from St. Peter... Steve said, well, thank you for coming in. It's, it's nice to meet you. It's really nice to hear you. Uh, I've listened to you. Can, can you listen to me? Because I've got a message for you. And so he starts then to speak of the love of God that is for her and the freedom of, that she could know in life as a result of, of uh, the, the resurrected Messiah of the world, this, this, this character called Jesus, so she can know liberty and freedom in her life. She, she's just impacted by the Spirit of God. In that, in that moment, she basically says, I need to know some more about this. Um, and so she comes back again. Well, a long story short, but in a couple of weeks, she's saved. She's, she's, she's um, fired for God. She's full of the Spirit of God. She goes to her coven. And she says, you know what we've been doing, where we've been doing this kind of message thing to other people? She says, well, I found out that like, there's a, a different kind of message. And, and, it, and it's, quite, it's quite good. Um, and, and so she tells this coven this, this message. Well, well let, let me cut to the chase. Within a month, there's 12 ex-witches that, that are, are all people of faith that have invaded Steve's church. Steve's on the phone to me going, what do I do with this? <laughs> I'm like... I mean, HTB's done alpha for people in prison, in schools. Uh, we, I've not come across the X, which is alpha. Uh, and so, so, so he's, he's kind of sli- slightly freaked out by all of this. Um, but, but, you know, 
The truth be told, the truth be told is, is that there's still about kind of eight or ten of them that actively are part of the life of that church, that are baptised and are walking with Jesus, and there are people, people of faith. There are also, each of those people, each of those people, I don't want to sensationalise things, this is just like, a, you know you hear these stories and you think, it never happened to me, right? Well, it does happen all the time, but because that's what God does. <laughs> it shouldn't be a surprise, should it? So, but, but there you have this one person that was a person of peace, as he's going around and he's just meeting people and he's sensing there is something about this, which meant that he gave her the time of day when he probably wouldn't. And that was the gatekeeper to a community of people. I tell you what, each of those little kind of witches has got a whole clientele of people, of themselves. <laughs> so God's at work, isn't he, in terms of, okay, well, let's, let's just make sure that we are open-eyed and open-eared so that we're recognising the people of peace that God places before us. And let's not ignore that, but let's pray and let's make time for these people. Let's see what God does with that. Um, I'm not suggesting necessarily we'll end up with, you know, churches full of ex-witches. But I tell you what, wouldn't it be great if that, that was the case? People that are walking with Jesus that had walked in darkness before. Um, ask yourself the question, as you're pro-walking, how can we serve this community? You know, is there, so the story right about the clearing up the poison weeds, right? That's what I'm talking about. That right there, yeah. There's the opportunity, right? How do we express in real terms the love of Christ to the people of this community, the people of that school? No one else is doing that, but we'll go and we'll rip out a bunch of poison weeds, yeah, and we'll get rid of them. And we're not asking for money for it. We're not. It's not transactional, you know. We rip out your weeds and you come to our mission community next week. It's not like that. It's a direct action which shows the love of Jesus that has an impact on the people's lives that see that time and time again. Um, is there litter that's all around the place? Does that need clearing up? Is there some graffiti that actually, if you went to your local council and said, look, can we grab some, um, uh, uh, some cleaning materials from you because we'd like to clean that graffiti up for you? Um, what's the things that's knocking about in your community that are opportunities for you to serve and demonstrate the love of Christ to them let's go for this what are the sign symbols language of these people this is the Apostle Paul you know in Athens again um, um, okay let's figure out what language do they use I had this conversation with someone earlier today you, your calling is missionaries to, to a generation of people that are far from Christ that have got no knowledge of Christ at all. You are frontline missionaries. Yeah. Let's not muck about with this, right? So it's as if you were going to deepest, darkest Peru, yeah? That's the mind frame that you go with into your community at the moment. They speak a different language. They've got no knowledge of the language of the kingdom of God that you're so familiar with. There's a story that Graham Cray is a, a, um, a bishop um, and uh, he's part of kind of a, a movement of, of pioneer churches, fresh expressions. Of he tells a story of a little man. Have you heard this story? Um, he's he's doing being a bishop. It's not his style, to be honest, but he was doing this Eucharistic service in a big church, doing a cathedral. At the end of, of the communion of, the, of this service, uh, this girl walks in. She's about 18 or 19, um, and she walks up to the top, and as is in high Anglican churches, there's a crucifix at the top. She says, she, sa she, she walks up to him at the end um, and says, 
So, who's that then? And she's pointing at the cross. She says, what? She says, I've always wondered. He says, it's Jesus. And she pulls out a crucifix. And she says, I've always wondered who that little man was. She's wearing Jesus round her neck. She hasn't got a clue. That's, That's the world that we're living in. That's, that, that's the world where basically an uh, Amazonian Indian or a 19-year-old Brit are in the same boat. They haven't got the faintest clue. Um, we love him. They don't even know who he is. So you're frontline missionaries. So actually, as you would, try and learn the language of that culture and of that community. Learn the language in yours. As you would look for the things that were important, the, the kind of their rhythms of life, their cycles. As you would, would try and figure out if they've got a belief system, well, what kind of belief system or what mechanisms of belief have you got? And then, that's in one hand you hold it. In the other hand, you hold what has not changed. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Saviour. Jesus is the only hope for each of those lives, for the whole world. That's the unchanging message. Now you've got to be bilingual. How do you figure out how to express that in the language that these folks in your community will understand, using the signs and symbols that they're familiar with, but in a way that's authentic and genuine and does not compromise the gospel message in any way, shape or form. That's the missionary task. It always has been, and now it is here. There's this reverse missionary thing going on at the moment. I'm just looking at the time because I'm starting to get carried away. Um, um, there's this reverse missionary thing going on at the moment. So there's, there's guys coming from Peru to Cornwall. Um, one of the leaders of one of our churches in Plymouth came from Rwanda. He couldn't speak English, but God told him to come to Plymouth. Yeah? So he came. And he's learnt the language now. He said, <laughs> he said, it was brilliant. So when I, when I turned up in Plymouth as, as, as someone that was kind of just see, seeking what God wanted, um, I couldn't speak the language. I knew nothing about the culture. So I went um, to the guys that were kind of doing immigration. They gave me a map, he said. He said, have you ever seen an African use a map? <laughs> <laughs> so he said, no African uses maps. So what was the point of that? So on this carefully, this is, this is typically a, a, a way that is expressing that a breakdown in translation. Because our British, oh yes, what you need, sir, is a map. Let us mark on the map where you will find this, 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 this and this. And he's looking at it and figuring out which way it goes. Can't even speak the language. Never used a map in his life. Um, it's completely useless to him. But he, he learnt... The, the actual physical language of our culture and he, he learned the ways of the culture of the people in Plymouth um, and, and he's managed to translate the unchangeable gospel message which is the core of all that he's about into something that the folks in Plymouth are getting their head around um, and, and you know what some of the, sometimes to us Brits some of the stuff he's doing you think that shouldn't work anymore yeah. type of thing <laughs> go down on the streets of Plymouth um, with, um, with his band um, and he'll, he'll do proper old school street preaching and, and you know the type where you, occasionally you'll see people kind of walk past like, like this and, and what have you 
Um, and then I, I went to see him, and I went to, to one of the things he's doing at the moment. He's figured out that Plymouth's got quite a problem with homelessness and with asylum seekers. So that, that's who he's serving. So they do a community meal three times a week, um, and um, uh, all of these guys come in, 50, 60, 70 of them come in. Some of the helpers that are helping out, uh, so I was chatting to him, I said, this is great, how long have you been around the church? Oh, about three weeks. Okay, how did that happen then? Well, I was wandering through the shops when suddenly I heard this beautiful music. <laughs> and so I went to listen, and this guy was saying something um, that somehow seemed to have some impact on my life. And so anyway, I went to talk to him before, and then he said I should come the next day to church. So I came to the next day to church, and, and, and well, it turns out that, you know, there is something to it, and, and, and these are people of our faith. And almost instantly, almost instantly, that I've experienced the love of God, now I need to demonstrate that to other people. And his name's Osei. Osei's there saying, we've got an opportunity for that. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, come down, we're feeding the homeless. We could do with a little bit of a hand in the kitchen. So they're into it already. It's brilliant, isn't it? It's fantastic. Well, just as Osei came to our culture and figured out how to speak the lingo and what the needs were and how to serve, that's our calling within our communities. Um, and, and if we kind of have that kind of idea about what we're doing, I think we won't go far wrong. But unless, unless, unless this is the Spirit of God that is pointing the finger and directing us, we'll just end up like all the other care agencies, God bless them for what they are doing, by the way. Um, but yeah, we're, we're, we're more than just analysing stats, aren't we? We're open to the Spirit of God. Right, what else have I got? I don't think I want to do too much of this. The, the, the one thing that I would say is, obviously when we're talking signs and symbols and things that are important in culture, we do need to be just a little bit discerning about that as well. All the things that we need to reject, um, and, and I think there's, there's maybe specifics, but there's more broad principles that I see in our society that maybe we're called to be countercultural as Christians. The whole commute, uh, consumerist uh, attitude of our people, the more, more, more I've got to have, I've got to have. Maybe actually we're called more to a, a simplistic life, a life of simplicity rather than of constant more. more. Um, the superficiality of, of relationships, the lack of loyalty, faithlessness, we're called to be those that are faithful, um, to be around. And that was you know, one of the things about the church, um, and, I, and I, did, I got on so well with the guys from the Children's Centre, and we worked really, really well. And of course, like all of the sector industries, they're, they're kind of getting cut back and cut back and cut back as far as their finances are around, and they're, they're wondering how on earth they can survive and keep going. Um, and at that particular point, we find that they're far more interested in the church because we're a bunch of volunteers, so we're not asking for any money. Well, praise God for the opportunity. Hey? Let's, let's, go with, let's go with that opportunity. I was saying, and I was hopefully not saying this in a way that was, was, was discouraging, I said, guys, we've been here for about a thousand years, you know that, don't you? Um, and I don't think we've got plans to move out anytime soon. We're here. And, and for a thousand years, we've been trying to figure out how to serve this community and we're not going anywhere anytime soon. So there's this sense of faithfulness to a community and, and walking with and the, the sticking about and the perseverance and the, through the good times and the bad times of that, of that community not going anywhere. Um, the, the whole kind of individualism thing which is so prevalent in our, in our um, society. 
um, when actually what people appear to be crying out for most is community. Um, I, I, I'm part, part of what I'm doing is trying to work it's kind of nationally with um, a group of people to, to this missing generation in the life of our churches, the kind of the, the 20s and 30-somethings, the millennials as they get labelled. Um, where have they all gone? Um, and what, what is it about our churches that apparently aren't meeting any of the kind of needs at the moment? And, and actually, what are their needs? Well, most of the stuff that's coming back is number one need is community, a sense of belonging. They want to be part of a church community that is, that is authentic and that is um, full of integrity, uh, that reflects Jesus. But that's what, so, so it's not blinding preaching. Um, interestingly, what I would have said, it's not whizzy worship either as blessed as that can be it's, it's belonging, it's community that's what draws these people not individualism but community yeah to not be self absorbed but to have a concern for the other rather than for me um, to, to stand against relentless busyness, maybe this is a word to us as church as much as to anyone else in society but you know kind of, it, it, the folks in your communities will have pressures and you know this maybe it's you, put on them from every angle um, to do more, to be more productive, more bang for the book, the whole kind of da, 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 um, high state of, of anxiety all the time, yet still we smile. How are you? Fine. Um, and, 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 and then some, sometimes, sometimes those folks actually come to, come to the church and, and then we don't help that much with that particular problem either. So, so there's something here about saying, look, so timely what you were saying before Adrian, it really was actually our, our sense of, of, of worth is, is not in the doing it's not in the relentless busyness it's in who God has made us it's, we're children of the living God that's where we find our identity so reject those things but embrace things like flexibility you know, as to when we meet and how we meet and, uh, and worship and uh, how we delve into the word of God let's be open and be flexible about that full of variety authenticity you mentioned this as well look if we're not living this stuff because ultimately your greatest witness is your life isn't it so if there's no authenticity about what we are saying that that is reflected in our being then people are going to just see through gosh god save us from that but do you know what i mean we all have to ask ourselves and check ourselves part of the reason that your small missional community is a community a group is so that in love, brothers and sisters, you can say to each other, come on, let's get this one sorted. Yeah? Let's, walk, let's walk together on this one. Yeah? Uh, so so that, means, that means, Carl, you responded not great to that person. Um, what's, what's going on? Let's, let's pray and let's work this one through because we want to encourage each other to be more like Jesus. That's, that's what we're about. Um, and as we do that, well, as we reflect Jesus and in a greater sense, then we become more authentic. Creativity. T tell me if I'm wrong, right? But the stereotype for anyone that's got anything to do with top nets is you're wildly creative. Is that is that is that right or is that wrong? Um, the, the, the truth the truth of it is is that is that I believe that creativity is that is reflects the father heart. Do you know what I mean? Uh, take a look around. Um, uh, there, there is the creativity of the Father's heart not something to be shied away from but something to, to absolutely embrace um, and I know you guys have done that in all kinds of ways I was talking to Adrian thinking you know, I've come up with some great ideas here Adrian's going, yep, yeah, done that yep, yeah, done that 
Yeah, done that. Um, and and uh, uh, so one of the one of the ones we were just having a little go at and watch it's um, it's not dissimilar in some ways, I guess, uh, to Totnes in terms of its makeup and, and the kind of folks it draws. It draws artists who recognise that they are spiritual, but their spirituality is a proper mashup. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's certainly not Jesus. <laughs> um, or, yeah, a little bit of that as well type of thing. Yeah. Um, so so what, what we decided we'd do is, there, there's a market, you have a market here every week as well, there, there's a, a weekly market in Watch It, um, and so um, uh, we'd get a stall, um, and we had some artists, so, and we'd noticed that um, others were selling, in other places, were selling painted pebbles. You've done this, haven't you? Did you say you've done this? Is this an idea that I have, you haven't... No, seriously. So, so we had the artists, right, prophetically painting pebbles with an expectation that God was going to send... The, the thing that brought post, most people to watch it was a steam train, yeah? If you get a chance, go, it's beautiful. Um, steam train rocks in... There you go. A, pa- a, pile, a pile of tourists. I can't, I can't do the scene very A pile of tourists flood off the steam train and wandered down the esplanade. So there's a beautiful harbour, you're looking out to the sea, it's all very pretty, and the market's there to sell stuff, right? That type of thing. Um, great, okay, well, let's get people to, to paint these pebbles in a prophetic manner, recognising that God knows who's going to get off the train on any particular day. Um, and, well, we could sell them. But it'd be great to give a few away, wouldn't it, if that doesn't freak people out. Um, so let's, let's do that. Uh, where, it did, where it never got to, and I think it was basically because, I'm, maybe I bottled it, uh, but wouldn't it be awesome, right, if someone came and looked at a few pebbles and you said to them, right, come back in 20 minutes, go and have a look at everything else, go and buy some stuff, come back in 20 minutes, I'm going to paint you a pebble. And then you get praying, quick smile. Is this possible? Can we do this, artists? It was that kind of conversation. Can we actually pray about that person that's come and let's, let's paint something, or whether it's a, a word or um, a line of scripture or, or a picture, let's just put someone on this pebble that we feel God's put on our heart for that person on this day. It's a little bit Christophic, this, isn't it? I can imagine him doing stuff like that, but I'm going to claim this is an original idea, right? <laughs> um, uh, and, and, and see, see where that one goes. Yeah, there's a, there's a thousand crazy ideas, isn't there? But just a, because God is at work in some of the people that got off the train and watch it. Amen. Yeah, probably all. But, 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 so, but some of those people, what they needed was just some nudge, just some, something that particular day to actually open their eyes to what God was doing in their life. Yeah. No, who knows? I mean, they might just get back on the train and you'd never see them again. But at least in the grand scheme of God at work in that person's life, you've been open to, to play a part in that story. Um, there's a million ways, isn't there? There's a million ways. Um, but it's just been open and recognising, okay, well, fair enough, let's use the creativity of God to do that. I think we're being inclusive, recognising that the kingdom of God is for everyone, yeah, it's, it's, it's for who, whoever. Um, uh, and so um, that's one of the things that people are really cynical about the church, isn't it? It's not, it's not for me, it's not for the likes of me, it's for Doc Cotton. <laughs> because that's pretty much their only point of reference when it comes to Christianity these days. Or Ned Flanders, yeah, yeah? <laughs> worse still. Um, 
but not for me. So it's for everyone. Um, we'll pray this, and then if you're allowed, I'd just like to pray for you guys. Would you would you do that? Yeah, Adrian, do you have more stuff to do? As we round up. Okay. Uh, can we can we pray this? And these are ancient words, but um, let's let's just pray these over each other, and then I'll pray for you. Let's pray. Jesus, sorry, Christ has no body now on earth but yours, no hands but yours, no feet but yours. Yours are the eyes through which Christ's compassion is to look out to the earth. Yours are the feet by which he is to go about doing good, and yours are the hands by which he is to bless us now. Amen. Let's pray. And Spirit of God, I pray just that you, you fill each of these people in this place afresh tonight as they recognise your call on their life as a missionary to serve you in the places that you've called them to. Lord, we, we declare our de complete dependence on you. You're the one that called us. You're the one who leads us. You're the one that inspires us. Spirit, you are the one that empowers us. So see us as open to you. And Lord, as you fill us, Lord, may we be those that greater reflect your glory to this world. Father, may people see the, the folks of these communities and Jesus, see your hands and your feet, Lord, your attitudes. Lord, may they hear your words through the mouths of the people in these communities. Lord, as they seek to serve, Lord, may, be, may they be prophetic people. Lord, give them dreams and visions of that which you'd have them do. Lord, as you bring those people of peace that you're already at work in their lives to them, Lord, may they just have that word in season for those individuals that comes from your Father heart, that just opens the door, that just provides that glimpse of the freedom that we find in you, Jesus, to those people. Our heart is to see salvation in the people of each of these towns, in each of these neighbourhoods, Lord, in, in each of these places. Lord, we pray that with confidence because we know that's your heart for these people as well. And so with your will, we pray, Lord, may we see salvation in these places. And Father, I pray that beyond that, that these, these missional communities, Lord, are places of community, that warm, authentic, genuine community that you call us to, Amen. Lord, in which these lives are fed and watered by your spirit and through your words so that they grow ever closer to you. Jesus. God of transformation, Lord, we recognise you to be the one 
if ours brought back to our lives. We know you desire it for the lives of our neighbours, of those that are in our families, of those in the school down the road, those that turn up to the doctor's surgery in the next street, those that live in that little residential estate and maybe don't talk to many of the people. Lord, you're the God of transformation for all of those people. See us as willing to be used by you to see that transformation in their lives, Jesus. kingdom to come and your will to be done in each of those communities as it is in heaven hear our prayer Father great God all for your glory for yours alone you alone are worthy may the world see and hear of your glory and declare with one voice you are holy you are worthy you are Lord may we together praise your name for all eternity invested in him, Lord, to bring him to this position, Lord, this new position of being able to tour around this part of the country that we love so much, and just to, to get a feel for the reality, Lord, and to be able to step into so many different situations with a desire to encourage and equip and empower people for mission. Lord Jesus, I pray that he would have the joy over the next few years of seeing surge of the Holy Spirit Lord, a, a rising up of a sleeping giant of a church I pray that he would have the joy of seeing the most unlikely places find their confidence in mission I pray he'd have a, a, a spiritual gift to be able to, to inspire uh, courage and adventure in places that haven't budged for decades to send them off on a new journey to make reaching out with the gospel seem doable. Yes. Please, Lord. Something that we can do as we are in our own shape, in our, with our yes. own gifting. Yes, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would be able to highlight and open our eyes mm. right across this area to what we have in our hands mm. to see a mass exodus of people out of darkness and into Please, the Lord. kingdom of light. Yes. Lord Jesus. Mm. Lord, would you give him prophetic insight in every place that he goes? so that he can speak the words that are going to activate a spirit of mission in that place. Lord, anoint him, care for him, protect him, bless his family, I pray. Lord Jesus, I pray you'd send him about his work with joy and vision. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. amen.